Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm your host, Andy Sido. My guest this week is singer, songwriter, and performer living in Nashville, Shanna in a Dress. Hey, thanks for joining again this week. Uh, my guest is Shanna in a Dress, as I just said, and it's her second time. Um, on the podcast. I chatted with her in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. I think we talked in June and the episode aired at the very beginning of July. And Shanna kind of had a kick-ass 2020 despite everything going on in the world. Uh, She was a winner in the Kerrville New Folk Competition. She was the first place winner of the Great River Folk Fest Song Competition, a semi-finalist in the Songwriter Serenade, and a Grassy Hill Emerging Artist um, at the Falcon Ridge Folk Festival. And she's been out performing and doing her thing for a long time. She's written many, many songs. Um, Although she's getting ready to put out her debut record at the end of May called Robots. Um, We talk about that in our interview. Anyway, uh, she also moved to Nashville. She was living in Boulder uh, for several years. And that's kind of how we met is both just being singer-songwriters in the local Colorado scene. But she moved to Nashville about six months ago, and she has a really interesting take on Nashville that she shares with us during our conversation. You hear a lot of people say, oh, if you're a singer-songwriter or you're in the industry and you want to make it, you have to be in Nashville. If you're not in Nashville, what are you doing? And uh, I think that's probably different for everyone, but she has a really interesting take on that. So we talk about that. Um, We talk about kind of what she did in the pandemic. We talk a lot about Patreon, how she's built that up. She has a very successful Patreon um, that you can support. There's a link in the show notes. There's also a link to her website. Um, And we also chat about uh, a tour that she did in 2021 where she was on the road for weeks and she rode her bike from Washington to what I think Seattle to Boston is what it was. And um, she had a team of people kind of helping out, helping with routing and all that, um, and a couple sponsors and things. And she updated everyone on social media, and it was really cool. Shanna in a dress. She was riding a bike across the country. She was wearing the dress um, or a dress. She has more than one. And um, and playing shows it is a really neat concept. So she talks a whole lot about that. Um, And yeah, it's great to have her back on. If you want to go back and listen to our first conversation that came out on July 2nd of 2020, it's episode number 44 um, of this podcast. It was a really great conversation as well. And this is kind of a follow-up to that. There's a a little bit of um, repeat because we haven't talked in a couple years and um, wanted to chat about her as an artist and everything. But uh, if you you like this conversation, there's – additional different content um, in our conversation two years ago and she was also at a completely different place of her career so it might be fun to listen to where she was at then and where she's at now and uh, when I check back in with her again in a couple years it'll be fun to see where she's at then but Shanna's a hustler she's living in Nashville now she kicks ass she's a great songwriter and um I'm excited to jump into our conversation. Really quick before we do that um, I want to mention a couple things. Number one I am on Patreon I don't do quite as good of a job with mine as Shanna does, but I'm working on it. Go to patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. I sometimes put out these episodes early. I share my songs early. I have a couple songs that I've released only on Patreon. 
um, some live show stuff. I, I did a production breakdown video of one of my songs where I, I showed how I wrote the horn lines and, um, you know, what what keyboard effects I used and, and things like that. Um, if you'd like, so if you'd like to help out in a monetary way, it's greatly appreciated. You can do it for as little as $3 a month. If you'd like to help out in a non-monetary way, excuse me, completely free, you can give this podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really is a huge help and just takes a second. I know you can't do it while you're driving right now, but if you think of it, you're sitting bored at work, um, pull open your phone really quick, five-star rating, this podcast is dope, enter, you're done. And I would appreciate it a whole lot. Also, quick thanks to our sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, you can visit pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. Let's do the show. One, two, three. Shanna, what's up? Hi, Andy. <laughs> it's- <laughs> I'm so happy. I love, like, I love hanging out and talking with music people that are doing the thing. Yeah, likewise. And we are, we're a little bit lazy because the pandemic taught us that we could use Zoom. We live on opposite ends of the country, but you're in Colorado and we're still using Zoom. Yeah, we are super lazy. What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Are you in Boulder right now? Yeah. I don't have a car, so I couldn't easily get to you right now. Like, I have a car, but I'm lazy. So we're going to. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, you're so lazy that you're doing a podcast. <laughs> like that, well, Those two sentences that. don't really fit. I suppose that's true. That is a, it is a time-consuming activity. Yeah. So we chatted last, as we were just talking about before we hit record, June of 2020. A lot's happened since then, um, including you've moved, you've been touring a ton, and uh, you went on a bike tour. Can we start with that? You You took pictures all the time. You were... Sometimes in a dress, sometimes like sweating on your bike, also in a dress, sometimes playing shows. Yeah. It was a constant social media awesomeness, and we all followed along. You went around the country, rode your bike, and played shows. Like, tell us about what you were thinking, first off. <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, I wanted to do something cool to promote um, or to share my debut album record. My debut album is not called record. It is called robot. And I always thought instead of touring on a, in a car where like you get stiff all the time and it's like, I am really motivated by exercise. It's like, it would be so much more fun if it was a bike tour and I could just bike to all of my shows and, um, some people said, okay, well you could do a like Colorado bike tour. And I said, that's not big enough. I want to go across the U S yeah. and so it was Seattle to Boston, 60 shows, 10, 10 to 12 weeks. I don't even remember anymore. And I 
didn't even have my record officially out yet. It's still not officially out. Uh, it might be at the time of the release of this podcast. And I just got to, oh, I partnered up with a really cool charity called Pangea World Foundation and um, was raising money and awareness for them also. And that that is how I spent the summer of 20... 21. One of those. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One well, of 2020 things. and 2021 kind of like yeah. are the same year to me because of the pandemic. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so to dig in on this a little bit more, Seattle to Boston, that's that's quite a ride. Now, did you how did you get your gear from place to place? Did you have some help? I mean, what was and, and did you I did you ever heard. stop at home? I did stop at home and I had so much help. Um, the, the main one was I had a volunteer, a small volunteer team of people who wanted to, um, help me realize my vision. And without them, I absolutely could not have done it. So, um, Kevin and Ken and Greg and Neil and, a guy named Ross and we would all get on these weekly zoom calls and try to plan logistically where to go and how to get there. And so I had help booking it with my friend, Kevin. I had on the road road support from Ken and we rented a van. He drove all, he drove my, my amp and my merch and all of the, traveling supplies so that I didn't have to be encumbered on the bicycle as I crossed the Rockies, you know. Ken, Ken told me that he went with you. I met Ken at Dripping Springs uh, Songwriter Yay. Festival back in October, and we talked about that some. Um, so did you have – how much help did you have planning your bike routes too? I mean you can't – you're not riding on the highway, right? No, I definitely took back roads. Google Bikes was my number one bike route planner. And it was less effort than you'd expect. I also am not the safest. <laughs> and I trust technology maybe too much. Mm. But I would go, all right, need to get from here to here. Um, Google Bikes, how do I get there? And then I'd follow. And if there was ever like a super unsafe section, I always had the van to call for backup if I needed it. Like there was definitely like, I remember just biking through straight sand at one point. So I couldn't go a normal speed and it was so frustrating. And I, I called on the van for that one. I said, get me past this sand. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Ken was close by always. Yeah, kind of. Um, sometimes not, but most of the time. Yes. And you were, and you had a road bike, I assume. Yeah, I did. Oh, I had this beautiful bike. It was, um, custom built by the, this company called Sojourn Cyclery and it was made of Mm. black walnut. So I had a wooden bicycle. It was like a piece of art, this thing. It's so pretty. Anytime I biked into a farmer's market, it would make strangers ask me questions. And I got to feel like I was a real biker. Like, yeah, I have this 
beautiful specialty bike, even though I'm not a real biker. I'm just someone who thought biking would be fun. And they made it so, for you, especially for you? Um, kind of. I would say they are a sponsor of the tour and I got to ride it for the duration of my, of, of the bike tour. So I still uh, don't have it. Okay. Okay. That's really cool though, that they, that yeah. they got on board with that and, and that you were, I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and I can't really, cause I would never ride my bike from Seattle to Tacoma, let alone Boston. Um, in a dress, in a dress, in too. a dress too. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm out, but I, I don't know that I would have thought to put together a team or search for sponsors and you thought out all of these things. Um, what at the end of the tour were you like, Ooh, I should have done that way differently. Oh, what a good question. Um, the, the promo and publicity was not like within my bandwidth. I felt like, um, mm -hmm. I thought I, I thought I essentially thought I would be Forrest Gump. And by the end, oh, look, there'd be this huge crowd of people behind me being like, yeah, Shanna. Woo! Yeah. And <laughs> look, I mean, I don't, I don't think any more people came to my East coast shows versus my West coast shows. Like, um, which is where I started. And that's because I don't know between biking and playing, I, I, I kept doing like the hindsight posts of like, that was a great show that just happened instead of come to the upcoming ones. <laughs> right. Right. You know? And I, yeah, if I did it again, which I'm totally open to, I would love to have more people to ride with me and um, help promoting things in the future. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I noticed about, I think in general, when you're posting on the road, but definitely on this bike tour, is you seem to be willing to fly off the seat of your pants a little bit in terms oh, yeah. of, I mean, you see, and you're very much yourself. You're authentically... Shanna, uh, it, you know, and you see a lot of people, you know, very small artists put a tour poster up and they try to keep everything very official, whatever. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, guys, I'm in Wyoming, never been to Wyoming, and who wants to host a house concert tonight? Go. I mean, you did stuff <laughs> like that all the time. How are you How are you able to travel for that long with so much uncertainty? And how often did those little things work out where on the road you just we're able to book another pop-up show. I, I get lucky. I am very, very lucky. And <laughs> I mean, I would say 70% of it was booked before I started. So there wasn't that much, uh-oh, where do I go? But there were definitely a few nights where I didn't, didn't know where I'd be sleeping or I didn't know where I would be playing, but that's awesome because that leaves all this possibility. Cause I can, I get to do that thing where I play a show and I'm just like, Hey, people of Oregon, I'm about to venture even more 
into Eastern Oregon. I don't know anyone there, but you guys might. And they say, yeah, my friend is really connected. Oh, she knows this, um, this yoga class that's happening in the park. Maybe she can help set up a concert in the park after the town yoga class. And that's exactly what happened. And, um, it's fun. I love, I love meeting people who are open to housing a rascal like me, like they're at the show. And I say, actually, I need somewhere to sleep tonight. If anyone's available and someone will be like, yeah, I got yeah. you. And it really, it really reminds you of just the goodness of people and willingness, willingness for people to help you out, especially after you've contributed something valuable for them. And you're not just, I don't know, a hitchhiker. It's, it's, like here, here's my music. Here's my, here's what I'm like. They get a taste of that and then they, they show up and help you out. And I, I do this trust fall into the hands of strangers and I'm waiting for it to bite me in the butt one day, but so far it hasn't. Well, you, you have, uh, I think house concerts have taught a lot of artists about what, I mean, what you just said, Hey, we are giving you something. We're giving you this, this performance and that is value. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of shows, um, a lot of different gigs that you play don't show the artists that. So that's cool that, um, I don't know. It's cool that there's so many shows that do have that. And there's so many generous people that are willing to say, Hey, yeah, this was a great show. Thank you for brightening my weekend yeah, you can crash mm-hmm. on my couch. Um, or do you have to have, do you think you have to have that mindset to a certain extent as an indie artist of, I don't know where I'm sleeping every single night. I don't know where I'm playing every single night. Do you think that's part of it to, to be successful and make it work as an indie musician? Um, I think that's always kind of a, a spectrum question. Uh, I wish I was more detail oriented with my, with my planning. And I tend to chase fun and highly, highly avoid, um, discipline and pain and anything that doesn't sound fun to me. So there's plenty of people who indie musicians, who I think will be more successful because they really love the business side and the organizational component. And that takes a lot more um, resistance for me to do anything organized. Is that, that's not what you asked. You asked me about mindset. Yes, I do think you need, (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I love what you said Uh, though. Yeah, but I think as an independent musician, you have, what was your question? To, if as an independent musician, you have to have that <laughs> mindset. That, I was actually about to just go off on what you on what you uh, answered, and now I don't remember that because we're, <laughs> we're bouncing. But yeah, well, uh, what's, what's the, the that mindset? What is the mindset that you don't always know where you're going to sleep every single night or where you're going to play every single night? In order to be an independent touring musician, do you think you have to be okay with that? Do you think you have to have that mindset a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump off the roof a few times and someone's going to catch me. Yes. I think that 
mindset is absolutely crucial, but it doesn't have to be in the, in the arena of, you know, asking strangers if you can sleep in their homes or, um, you know, like, Oh, I'll, I'll book the show once I'm on the road. Cause oftentimes I think it'll happen and it doesn't happen also. So then, then it's just being financially irresponsible with my planning (laughs) and because I can just, but I mean, to me, I'm like the worst that happens is I don't have a show and I, I have a day to just bike and rest. So I don't think that's that, um, big of a risk, but, but yeah, it takes, it for sure takes a leap of faith to be an independent musician at all, because there's no path of, if you do this, 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 and this, you will make this much money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Of course. Well, and you were saying too, that you want to do things that are going to be fun right now and you don't love the business side, but you, you are, um, also successful on the business side and you do plan well. Um, and an example of that is your Patreon, which has continued to grow. I know we talked about that the last time we chatted, but it's continued to grow. And in fact, I think you, you hit another landmark recently that you posted about, um, how is, how has all that been coming together and how has that helped your career as an artist to have that platform? Oh, this is like what unlocks my excitement. Ah, I freaking love Patreon. It has done everything for my music career that I needed. The number one thing is like hope and faith and belief and a team because without Patreon and without a steady income, I don't know how I would be funding my life right now. I even actually, I just shared with my patrons this um, thing that I did, which was that I kind of fell for a scam. And I don't know that it was a real scam. Like maybe they're legit, but essentially I fell for this ad that was like, hey, you can make a bunch of money and we'll train you how to do this tech job. And then you can, you know, live the life of your dreams. And I had recently um, visited a producer that I was interested in working with. And then after learning his rates, just like my entire soul got crushed because I thought I, I can't pay for this. And uh, well, what do I do? What do I do? You know, now I'm stuck. And then I see this ad that's like, here, we'll train you how to make a bunch of money doing this tech job. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to invest thousands of dollars so that I can make hundreds of thousands of dollars so that I can pay for the things that I need to make my music career, um, like do what I want it to do. Right. And um, the, now that I've been a little more removed from that event, I actually got refunded and was like, you know what, this is not, this is not my dream life. I don't want to step out of my dream life into drudgery 
I'm going to trust that if I continue operating under the, like, the magic that unfolds as I'm following my dream and like living as authentically as I can, that the universe will trust me. And this is such a detour from your, from the Patreon thing, but that the Patreon community that has decided that, Hey, we think you and your music and your message is important for you to keep going is like my backbone when I'm doubting myself and belief is like the bottom of everything. And I have these people that not only say that they believe in me, but they put money where their mouth is. And now I can afford to move to Nashville and um, like keep working on my dreams and have some of that how am I going to pay my bills? Um, fear satisfied. Like it, it's everything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I did this without Patreon. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a, 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 quite a, quite a success story. And that it's, it's neat that you, I mean, you went into the, that tech scam or whatever it was, but then had this, <laughs> coming to Jesus moment, if you will, where you said, yeah, well, wait a it minute, totally was. why would I step out of my dream? I'm already doing my dream job and, and, uh, I have yeah. these people that are supporting me doing it. And you're, you're one of the people that I've seen who's been very consistent with it. And, um, you know, every, everyone has a Patreon, but most people aren't, aren't, uh, aren't consistent with it, aren't active on it, aren't doing things to build it. Me. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let, let's talk about a little bit, um, side note, anyone listening to this, Andy Sitto is on Patreon and I highly recommend you visiting that and supporting him. There you go. You can have, you can join two new Patreon platform, two new (laughs) Patreon support, (laughs) two new (laughs) artists on Patreon after listening to this podcast. Um, so you moved to Nashville. I, it feels like a, a couple months ago, but it's been probably almost a year now, right? No, it's been six months. Oh, okay. Well, six months. Six months you moved from Boulder to Nashville. What was behind that decision to move? And I thought you were counting how many questions I was asking. I was like, I think I'm still on the first one. Um, what decided – what was the decision to move? And let's open up the can of worms a little bit of what's it like living there. Yeah. It's funny because, so I've been thinking about, I I feel like every independent musician thinks about, should I be living in a music city? Should I be? Um, yeah. I'm sure. Have you thought about it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we think, uh, Allie and I think we'll probably move down there next summer when we, yeah, we talk. Yes. 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 But, but who knows? Right. Cause it's also great here right. and you know, whatever, but I it's think it's a- so great. That's the, I love Colorado yeah. and, um, so leaving it is hard, but my bike tour kind of weaned me off of it mm. because I, I realized I can still at bike tour plus the pandemic. I can maintain the relationships that are super important to me um, using technology tools, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually video chat with like 
you know, with Pamela Makla all the time. And I'm, the reason I'm in Colorado now is I'm going to uh, open up for her show this Friday. And I, that's my, my deepest tie to Colorado is the friends I've made here, but Hey, it's still going to be here. I can still come back and, um, hike the mountains and visit and keep up with my friends. I'm really good at that actually. And the draw toward Nashville was like, why not? Let's just see what happens. I'm not, I'm not saying, um, Nashville is the end all be all and everyone needs to be there. And I need to be there, but it's just a, like, I want to try because ultimately I believe, um, that there is greater potential, um, for me and the connections I make and the musical collaborations that are available and like, let's try the Nashville thing for a few years. And mm. I can always come back to Colorado. How's the first few months been? I mean, was there a moment, did you have a, a moment when you said, Oh man, what am I doing here or I mean what's what's been some of the challenges and what's been some of the amazing things um first of all Andy I think your podcast interviewing skills have really improved over <laughs> the last <laughs> few years I'm, I'm really appreciating these questions My, now um, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the first one because it might be really terrible <laughs> I know. I, that's, that's really what I'm saying. Like you sucked before, dude. That's not true either. Um, but I was definitely challenged at the very, very beginning in terms of just my self-belief because people are so good there. And there's this whole other category of like Nashville famous and people who are really glorified there are people that I haven't heard of. And now I have, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting um, kind of hierarchy and it depends on which friends I'm hanging out with, which um, view of Nashville I'm getting. Cause there's musicians there that are like really jaded and then there's people who just moved there that are really, really hustling and they're really excited. And then there's kind of the more balanced, grounded in between. And that is, I think, where I would like to hang out. Mm. Um, my motivation, actually, in the first place, besides I want to level up, I want to collaborate with other creatives was I want to know what's possible when I'm in an environment of hustle. Yeah. Because I had a, it was Amy Spies actually, a um, really respected songwriter, singer songwriter who I know tell me, she was like, the West coast is so laid back. Once you're on the East coast, like the the energy is just so different. Like when people to your left and right 
are all working really hard, it makes you step up your game as a mm. writer. And, um, and I thought it's funny. I moved to Colorado in the first place because I love a good work-life balance. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was like, I don't want to live life for the hustle. And now I'm leaving it because I'm like, hmm, okay, I like a challenge. Let's yeah. see, let's see what being in that environment will do for my real um, beach bum lazy self. Yeah. What did do you feel? I mean, does it feel competitive to you at all in a in a way that it didn't when you were living in Colorado, where? If you're in a writer's round, you think, boy, my next song better be really, really good because those two. I mean, is is there some of that or, hey, my neighbor's writing two songs a day. What am I doing with my life? Do you feel that? Um, A little bit. I think that is normal artistry kind of waffling that we do. I definitely sometimes start comparing. And if I ever start comparing, then I feel bad and... Um, I, I can coach myself out of that place pretty quick, but I, I still feel it all the time yeah. of, um, um, they're doing so much. I'm not doing enough. They're so much better. I should be practicing more, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, luckily, um, we're having this conversation when I'm on tour and when I'm on tour, I'm on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I feel like I'm doing I'm doing my dream. This is this is the best thing I could ask for. Um, so being back in Nashville is it's challenging sometimes, but it's it's fun. It's all about your thoughts and how well you're managing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's something really cool that happened since you've gone out there? Has there been a, a show in particular or meeting someone, something that you can pin down a certain moment where you thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool? Hmm. I can tell you about a show I played a few months ago. It was a bar called 12 Keys Saloon in Hermitage. And so a little Nashville suburb and I got, I played some writers rounds there and then was booked to play a full set. And the full set was unpaid. So it was like a two hour gig for no pay. And my Colorado musician self <laughs> felt, ugh. Okay, I'm going to go play background music for two hours for no money. What? Like, yeah. normally, I if I'm going to play background music, it's for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and I said, oh, well, I'm going. On my way there, I Instagrammed about it. And my friend Sam Robbins responded and said, hey, like, I'm going to, me and my girlfriend are going to come see you. And I said, oh, bring a guitar. Like maybe you can hop up and join me for, um, a song. And then someone else responded or someone I had met at a writer's round before played Cajon. And I was like, Hey, you want to play Cajon with me at this gig I have coming up? And so 
his name was Cooper and he came and joined me. We didn't practice at all. And he came and put beats down during my set. This quote unquote bar listened to my entire set was like just so, so into it. And the feedback I got at the end just like lit me on fire of, oh yeah, I don't do music for money and I never have. I love this. The fact that that song made you feel something and the fact that that song made you laugh and, um, and someone had to miss like the first half, you know, the opportunity to play music with Sam and with Cooper and someone came in halfway through and was like, Whoa, they're eating at the palm of your hand or whatever. He said something really that boosted my ego a lot. Mm. And, um, and, uh, the, the owner was, ended up paying me anyway, even though I thought it wasn't paid. Um, you know, and said, we need, we need, who's, what did he ask me? He said, have you met anyone since you've been in Nashville? Like anyone? I was like, I'm meeting people all the time. And, and what he really meant was some industry pro who could like really help. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I mean, no, but I feel like everyone is wonderful and helps in, in their own way eventually relationships are a slow burn that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel at the very beginning so who knows uh like maybe i'm not meeting anyone who's like here's a record deal shanna but at least uh i'm meeting people and it's that's all that's what our career is built on our our relationships and anyway but he was like well i know someone I'm going to reach out to him and I don't know if he'll answer. And I don't think he has answered, but I don't know that that's my, my story of, I am constantly surprised with, Oh, I didn't know. I might not have thought this would be something special, but what a really special night. The fact that I still remember it months later, like, yeah. That, that quote unquote free unpaid gig meant something to me and it meant something to the people who were there. And I don't know, I just, I just stayed in Houston with someone I met on zoom over the pandemic and she's going to be my friend for the rest of my life. And so I guess I do have yeah. some sort of, I have faith that, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It always does. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It sounds like you're kicking ass down there so far. Over there. Yeah. I guess it's, it's yeah. Down there and over there. Down hey, there yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. And what I propose is that we are all kicking ass. We just need to um, constantly remind ourselves that we are. Mm. Because even me, who I am like, positive to a fault 
like I shame myself all the time. Yeah. And so just catching, catching that, that thought and saying like, Nope, that's, that's sweet that I, it's very human that I had that thought. Cool. But I'm doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Cheers to that. Uh, yeah. You've got a record. And so coming. are you. I see you. I see your content all the time and I think you are kicking butt. Good. That's, that's what, that's the illusion we're going for. No, I'm kidding. That's what we're going for. No, uh, it butt. is all an illusion. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> You've got a new record coming out. You have a record coming out. You're the, the thing. Yeah. It's, it's finally here. The record. What? Finally. What is the, if what is, what's the plan for the release? Plan for the release is that it will be out on all streaming platforms May 27th. It's called Robot. And I would love to tell you about it. I um I only recently, while I was writing up things about the song for my publicist, I had this huge aha moment of Oh, oh, like I love when songs that you wrote ages ago can teach you something like a decade later. And that's yeah. what the title track of this record still does for me. And it, so it's called Robot and it's about the place we go when we're on autopilot and we're not really feeling our feelings. Yeah. And I live a lot of my life in that place and not just the, the numb place, but also the positive, like the joyful side. I, I love my life and I, (laughs) and just like, like, Every hour, I sometimes, I have, like, a really, I I have a lot of, I have a lot of happy tips. So, I have a lot of happy habits. And that makes me forget that I have pain. And Mm. the, the pain is really interesting and fascinating and transformative. And it's, I don't let myself feel very much pain. Yeah. And this, this has been like a recent aha thing for me of like, Hey, there's real, beauty in letting yourself go there. And when I do go there, it's produced some of my most connective songs with people and, um, singing robot, even though it's about being numb and being on autopilot, like represences me to how important it is to 
be alive and let yourself notice all of the extremes of the human experience. Yeah. Man, that's deep. I know, right? <laughs> it's okay to be sad sometimes, man. Yeah, um, not only is it okay, but it's like it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, to to so you you maybe learned from that you learned later on to let yourself tap into that emotion a little bit and be okay with it. Yeah, I think honestly I think it it it's being a songwriter that helped me. If I wasn't a songwriter, um, I wouldn't see the value in pain the way right. I do now. Yeah. Which, so now, if you look, at, I, I think people think I have a ton of happy songs, and I do. But in the last few years, I've written so many more like heart-wrenching, dark songs. And that isn't because I'm sadder now. It's because I, I, I pay attention or I try to and go, Ooh, I feel awful about who I am right now. I'm going to put this into a song. Yeah. <laughs> Get some good out of it, I suppose. Yeah. It, th- that brings up uh, another question about the record. You've been right. You're a seasoned veteran in terms of writing and performing, yet this is your first record how did you decide what era of shanna to put on the record how did you decide the songs how many did you have to pick from how did this particular bunch come together oh this is a painful thing to answer um it is so hard it was so hard to choose the songs um i let my um producer and friend megan burt help me pick. I, I, you know, over performing across a long period of time, crowd favorites emerge. So I knew, I knew mm, that's hot would be on the record. And, um, I knew robot would be on the record. And then just out of timing, newer, songs always are more exciting to me to record than songs I wrote eight years ago. So I have this like, I've abandoned my children type of feeling of like, man, like it's, Oh, here's the analogy. Um, when people get married and have kids, I feel like that's not necessarily the, right person for you but the timing just happened to like you're gonna have kids with that person because that's who you know when you're 25 or whatever yeah and and that's what I'm like because I happen to be writing like recording right now like the experiences in the last year um, gave me songs that I'm really excited about. So those songs are going to go on the record and like, you know, maybe songs from five to eight years ago are actually the ones that should be recorded, but my own excitement is going to guide my decisions. And, um, so I still have this, 
I'm like, I'm so excited for these songs to be out in the world, but I also am like, but what about all my other ones? I need to get them all out because what if I get hit by a bus? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Which that can happen. And then you didn't record those hundred songs. And well, so after getting this out, are you immediately thinking about recording more? And will you consider, Absolutely. will you consider songs from five and eight years ago again? Or are you going to kind of put a cutoff on it and say, okay, songs that I wrote in this, you know, since the record came out and forward? I, I've been kind of brainstorming with how I want that to look because I could, because I know ultimately I want all of the songs because I, I've written, I'll say 150 performable songs and like many more that are lost in the abyss of my memory, but yeah, I could probably perform 150 songs. And I, I picked nine plus a bonus track for this record. <laughs> like there's, there's a lot, a lot more. I could either chronologically put out more records and say like the early chapters and that way you could kind of watch my songwriting progress and and do it that way which would be kind of cool another um thing i've considered is grouping similar concepts together you know i could do a a ballad album and a comedy album and uh um like mellow coffee shop tunes album. (laughs) And I, I do find that every song I write fits neatly into like four different categories. So I could kind of make four concept albums if I wanted. Yeah. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing to do next, but regardless, May 27th robot is coming out, um, all streaming platforms and hard copies. Yes. Awesome. Are you doing vinyl? No. Starting with CDs. Yes. I have them all right now. I have them in my in my tour bag. Ah, uh, very cool. Very cool. So wait, sir, are you are you starting to sell them at your shows? Mm-hmm. I am. I'm, uh, if you're a, one of the few people at the shows before they <laughs> come out digitally, you can buy it. Well, in your show with uh, the episode will be out uh, a week from tomorrow so we'll miss any promotion for your april 1st show with pamela is that at eat town hall or did i or am i mistaken no that's at the muse oh right right right. the muse in lafayette yes i was just in there a couple weeks ago um with antonio lopez um and he is he and i and i at he wasn't the only one, but he and I are playing at the Broadway Roxy on April 1st, this Friday as well. And Antonio's, Antonio's wife, uh, is going to your guys' show instead. Thanks, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Georgia for not coming to our show this Friday. No, (laughs) Uh, but you did play, you did play at E-Town Hall recently with, um, with Steve Poltz. I know he's been, yeah. you've been a big fan of his for a long time. He's been an influence yeah. on you. How did you first get connected with him? 
Um, actually, um, Teresa Peterson opened for him at E-Town a few years ago. And when I saw and I went to support Teresa and I, then when I saw Steve, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. That is everything. You are everything I want to inspire in people. Yeah. And, and I just thought, man, the two of us would be such a great co-bill. Um, yeah. We have like similar energies and, um, and just the compatibility of like, he's this, you know, wacky gray haired 60 something year old with like the energy of a toddler. Yeah. And, and uh, I just, I'm still convinced that if we toured together, it would just, it would disrupt the world's like joy filter because <laughs> I'm like, he already brings so much joy like out of what he does when he performs. And I'm like, put me on the, you know, put me on the bill. We can reach way more people. Like, I just think uh, it would, it, you know, yeah. do you have that feeling of like, I, we would be such a good pair. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I absolutely do. I, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, you, that's something you, you know, you fantasize about. Like, oh my gosh, with that person, that would be killer. If only they knew. But you have gotten to do a co-bill with him. And so at some point that tour will probably happen, right? I mean, at some point. It better. It will. Yeah. We're putting yeah. it out. We're putting it out uh, over Apple Podcasts right now. We're letting people know awesome. that that's happening. Well, we have so much stuff we could talk about. It's been great catching up. Um but uh, we'll save that. We'll save that for next time. Is there anything really dire that we left out that we should mention? Um, I, I did want to say I I know I've only been in Nashville for five months, but if you're an indie musician who wants who's considering the Nashville thing, I don't think it is the end all be all to accomplishing your musical dreams. I think. Um, I could be exactly where I am today if I had stayed in Colorado or if I had moved to another non-music town and just met the music community there also. Um, but it, it felt like the right thing to try in this moment. So this is, this is me coaxing my three years ago self because I remember being told if you want to make it, you need to move to Nashville or New York City. And I was like, ew, I don't want to. Yeah. And I don't, you don't have to. It's not a have to. All right. Thanks, Shanna, for coming back on and chatting with me. I always love our conversations. I feel motivated afterwards. I feel good. I feel songwritery. Um, and uh, I think some sage Nashville advice, too. And that's, uh, you know, that's the kind of advice I've been looking for. So it was, uh, maybe it was a bit of a therapy session too. Anyway, good times. Thanks, Shanna. Um, check out her music if you haven't and be on the lookout for robots coming out at the end of May. Um, 
Again, there's a link to her Patreon and her website in the show notes. And uh, she's touring constantly. So you can check out her tour schedule and just see where she's going to be. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'm excited to chat with you next week. Thank you.